<laughs> that's not funny. Oh, sorry, everybody. I don't think that's funny. I don't think that's funny. Um, he put his foot through, you know, like, he has, his crib is like a day bed now, so he can get in and out of it, but it still has the, like, wooden slats. He put mm-hmm. his foot through there and, like, couldn't pull it out, and I, like, couldn't push it out. <laughs> it was very bad. <laughs> He's just like screaming, and I'm thinking about like how I'm gonna break the the wooden you know piece to get him out of there. But yeah. we, we got some butter, and nice. got, we got him free. <laughs> the old butter trick. Oh man! Sounds like it's time for a big boy bed, man. For me? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Got to get rid of those bars. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think you're, I think, I think you're Dallas. Hi, Dallas. Hi, Sean. (laughs) How are you? (laughs) How I'm I'm getting really good at this podcasting thing is how I am. (sighs) This is like our 40th episode or something like that. I don't know. People are talking about it. No one's talking about it. Really nobody. But uh, I talked about it a lot this weekend. My wife's, my wife's talking about me stopping right now (laughs) no 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 she waits till after i'm done okay i don't think you should do it anymore what you talked about the podcast this weekend i did tell us tell us what you talked about well i mean i can't get specific okay then don't tell us so i know we record these you know people if they don't know already now that we record these you know a couple times a couple sometimes we do like two and a night sure so we've mentioned now a long time ago that I was doing stand up with Dave Keckner. The fabulous Dave Keckner of The Fabulous Dave Keckner. Anchor, Keckner. Anchorman fame and SNL and many other The Office and Out Cold. Yeah. And uh it was kind of a weird thing. So the first night of the weekend on Friday he was sick and he canceled. Oh, really? And so I ended up headlining <laughs> the night. Did people and people went there expecting to see him and got you? So it was a little, his cancellation was a little late. Yeah. And so what they did was like people were, uh, you know, they had people line up at seven for the seven thirty show and they just went up the line and they said, listen, Keckner is sick. We're totally happy to give you a refund. And if you would like to see the show, we're going to have, uh, his feature is going to headline tonight. We're going to have some other, uh, local guys come on and do the show. So you're welcome to stick around for the show if you'd like. And uh, they did that for both shows. And actually, like, I think like 75% of the house was full for both shows. Wow. That's awesome. So, like, a lot of people stuck around. And, uh, you know, they still made some money off of uh, food and beer sales. But but it actually was really fun. It was super fun. And then the next night, obviously, Keckner's back. And I'm, <laughs> I go to the dressing room. And he's, like, super apologetic. And I'm like, no, it was great. It ended up being really fun. And uh, he could, like, right off the bat, just couldn't have been nicer. Yeah. Like I've never, I've never met him, but he was super nice. Um, you know, we did the traditional, like, what, what do you not want me to talk about? Cause when you open for, I was the open and the feature. So I did 20 minutes and he did, uh, 50. Yeah. And so I said, uh, you know, you ask what you don't want them. Like if they have a bunch of stuff about, yeah, you don't want to do their Obama, jokes before they you do. don't want to yeah. do anything about them. So he was like, you got kids stuff. And I was like, nope. And he's like, good. I got a lot of it. I'm like, all right. <laughs> and so uh, he, I'm like, anything else? And he's like, nah, you're fine. I'm like, okay, great. And so like do a show. 
afterwards we're like hanging out in the back and we're just you know we kind of just like hit it off like really really easily yeah talking and um so it's between the shows and i'm like man i was like i you know i was like listen i have to tell you two things and uh (laughs) i don't want this i was like i don't want to like fanboy out on you but because he was doing lines you know in the show he's like listen you're i'm in san diego i know you guys want to hear it so gene tennis at the plate and whammy. <laughs> and then he like started doing lines from movies, the anchor man and had the crowd sing afternoon delight. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he's like, so I was like, you know, obviously he's aware of his, uh, his stardom. So I was like, Hey, um, yeah, I had to tell you these two things. I don't want it to be weird, but, uh, really big fan of out cold. And he was like, <laughs> <laughs> really? And I was like, yeah, my friend Sean and I probably saw that like six times in the theater. We actually and saw like, it. We saw it. Five times in the theater. Okay. Well, I said something like six times. But I'm like, you're not being, you're not really being like, you're not really exaggerating. Like, we almost no. saw it six times. <laughs> we probably went the sixth time and it was out of the theater. Yeah. And he was like, in the theater? And I was like, yeah, you know that? And he's like, well, that's, he's like, that makes sense. He's like, you know, that movie's like 15 years ago now. Oh. And I'm like, oh, man. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, that's crazy. And, he, and he's like, well, what's the other thing? And I was like, well, my buddy Sean and I, we do a podcast about Twin Peaks. And he like kind of s- smiled and I was like, here's the thing though. He's a big fan of the show. I've never seen it. So I was like, so we watch an episode, then we talk about it. And he was like, oh, that sounds like fun. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, and you're in the third season. And he just, he was really excited that I was going to be here doing shows with you. And uh, I just thought I would ask, you know, about <laughs> Twin Peaks. And so he goes, never seen it. And I'm like, really? And he's like, oh, one episode. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, he's like, I should probably catch up on it, huh? And I was like, yeah, maybe. And he's like, is it any good? And I'm like, well. <laughs> <laughs> so we end up talking for a long time about Twin Peaks, and he starts railing off some great David Lynch stories. Yeah. Um, and uh, working with Lynch. Because he's, t- and I, I, I mean, he might reiterate some of this. Well, basically, what it comes down to is we talked for a while. He told yeah. me some things I can't tell anybody sure um they're not really they're nowhere near like oh that's a spoiler but just like he's like i don't even know how many episodes i'm gonna be in yes uh i was only there for you know a couple days one month and a couple days another month um and uh they assigned us roles when we got there (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh Um, he was like we weren't given anyone else's scripts you know we were only given our sides and um and he said it was really fun and then again, then he told me a couple things. He's like, "I'm not. You're not supposed to know that." I was like, "All right." And then, uh, you know, he said, uh, "He's like Leland comes back." And uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> don't get so, Dave Keckner in trouble, by the way, please. I don't no, want no, that. To, not, I don't want that to come through our podcast. It, one, he didn't say that, and two, he does not know who Leland is. <laughs> um, That's so funny. Yeah, but he was like, he said it was like awesome, and he said the cast list is like 200 people. He's like, yeah, it's just ridiculous how people are in the thing. And, uh, and so then, you know, that night we hung, like that night we hung out after the second show, we went, you know, we were hang out, hung out a little bit and he like just loves, uh, being Dave Keckner. Yeah. That's and cool. people downtown were just like stopping him and he was taking photos. He was going up and down lines that were like, you know, people waiting out in line for a club. Yeah. He would just go down the line and start shaking hands. Like, nice to see you. Thanks for coming. <laughs> <laughs> It was really funny. He was awesome. And then the next day, uh, we were going to hang out. Um, 
we're going to go to lunch. And then it ended up not happening actually on my end, which was unfortunate. Um, and then that he's like, well, we'll see you. I'll see you tonight. So we, we go to the night club and, uh, cause we, he gave me his phone number. Yeah. Uh, so we go to the club and, uh, that night we're hanging out, we're talking and he goes, uh, and, uh, and I had a couple friends uh, that came to the show, and so I, you know, they really wanted to meet him, and and I asked him, I was like, hey, I got some friends here, can they, would they be able to come down back in the back and meet you? And he's like, oh yeah, of course, of course. And so they come in the back, and we're all just kind of sitting around talking. We ended up just sitting in the back for a while and talking, and uh, and I was like, well, I have some friends here, and so I feel like I could ask you this now, and maybe you won't say no. And he's like, okay, and I'm like, the Twin Peaks podcast. He's like, would love to do it, and I'm like. <laughs> Yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah, totally. He's like, yeah, like over Skype. I was like, yeah, or we could just record something right now. Like really just like the David Lynch stuff he told me yesterday would be really cool. And he's like, nah, we got to wait. We got to wait. Wait. Let's wait until the episode comes out that I'm in or episodes. He's like, I don't know. So he's like, let's just wait. And, uh, and then, you know, you have my number. So just, uh, he's like, stay on me because I'll forget. So stay on me about it. And I'd love to do it. And I'm like, okay. Dude, Dallas. So you're telling me we just landed our first cast member on Dishing the Percolator. Yeah. It's not a guarantee. Until he cancels. But but yeah, but it was very cool. Until Uh, until when you actually write him, he goes, new phone, who this? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It was really fun. We went out after the set, the Sunday show, and he bought a bunch of the people drinks at the at another bar. And uh, he was uh, he was awesome. That's he was a, really nice guy. That's awesome. Well, that's fantastic, Dallas. That's great. I'm glad you got to talk to him about Twin Peaks. I think it's amazing. He did, he's never seen it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was like, but I think he even asked me. He's like, should I see it? <laughs> I was like, I like, don't know. Well, you're in it, but yeah. <clears throat> wow, that's crazy. I don't know if he'll regale this, but he he told me a story about Lynch on set because wait, like, are you supposed to tell? Are you really? Yeah, you, yeah. This isn't a spoiler at all okay. by any means. All right. Because um, you know, the when you're filming on set, you're not allowed to smoke. Yeah. It's like an area that is roped off for people to go smoke in. Yeah. David Lynch, he's like, well, he's he's smoking, but he's. Because of the insurance, they made him walk around holding a little ashtray and a little fire extinguisher. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I wish there was a photo of that somewhere. Oh, my gosh. I'm just like sitting there like uh, I'm the whole time just imagining David Lynch, old David Lynch walking around with a A cigarette. Like a tiny fire extinguisher. Fire extinguisher. That's amazing. That's fantastic. Well, that's great. I'm glad, and I'm glad the shows. It sounds like the shows were good too. Super fun. That's they were awesome. all sold out, and it was um, just a, a very fun time. Well, awesome, Dallas. That's great, man. Yeah, yeah, man. It was good. It was good to do uh, to do so. I haven't been. I haven't opened for somebody like that in a long time. So it was uh, nice. Well, that's cool. Well, your name is Dallas McLaughlin. You do have a stand-up record out. Tell us how to find that so people. It's can on hear iTunes it. and yeah. Amazon called "An Evening of This." And what um what are some upcoming dates for people if they want to come see uh, you? Well, I don't know if this is coming out, but April twentieth, okay, in La Mesa, the the village area in La Mesa, California. I'm doing a show at Public Square Coffee House. Okay, five dollars free beer. Mm. So come to the show. Beer at a coffee house. Yeah, they have beer and they have coffee and they do food specials. It's a good show. I book it and I have some good guys coming out and uh good gals coming out and it'll be a fun little show 
That's awesome. April 20th. All right, we'll go see you. And you're Sean O'Donnell. Yeah, I got nothing coming up. You have an album out. I do have an album out. You can get that uh, on also on iTunes. It's called Spirit Junkie. Mm. Um, but right now, man, my life is just, it's Twin Peaks, man. It's time. Well, let's get into it. I think there's only 40 days left, Dallas, until season three airs, and we only have three more episodes to go. Um, so I just want to stop and say I'm proud of us. I never thought we'd make it this far, but here we are. Let's yeah. dig hey, in. Hey, you got, you got to go. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Nick's calling. Nick's calling yeah. me. I got to go. Oh, stop. <laughs> Thou shalt have no other podcast before me. Um, this is episode 20. It's, its title is The Path to the Black Lodge. There's no head scratcher there. We know what we're getting into. Uh, it was written by Harley Payton and Bob Engels, two of the show's producers and head writers. This one was directed by Stephen Gyllenhaal, which is uh, Maggie and Jake's dad. By the way, oh, okay. uh, Twin Peaks was directed by your dad. It should have been the tagline to this show. Because I feel like this is there's been multiple ones where someone someone's famous dad or someone famous their dad directed the show. Um, is it weird that this was the sa- I think this is the same year City Slickers came out. So what are you saying? Oh, because Jake Gyllenhaal is in City Slickers. So while I, he was in City Slickers, I, I forget that that he's in that. Yeah, dude. Yeah, mom, um, you said let's see her after she has two kids. <laughs> Do you like Jake Gyllenhaal? No, you don't really. Um, he's fine. I have I, no. I've heard he was really good at Nightcrawler. He was great in Zodiac. He was great in Zodiac. But everybody was kind of great in Zodiac. That's true. Um, yeah. Do you like Jake Gyllenhaal? I do like Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't know. I think yeah. he's fine. No, I think he's great. Have you seen <clears throat> our our co-host, uh, sometimes contributor John Lorenz, recommended a movie called Enemy? To me, which mm-hmm. Jake Gyllenhaal is in, it's the guy who directed Arrival. Uh, it's awesome and a big old like head scratcher, and I enjoyed it. <clears throat> but oh. Gy- Gyllenhaal was great in that. It's worth seeing. Um, okay, we've gotten out of the way. Who's responsible for this episode? So let's start talking about it. Um, where we last ended the show, episode nineteen. Um, they found that chess piece at the gazebo by the lake that's totally not in Southern California. And <laughs> w- once they opened the box, they, they found the chess piece with the, the dead punk rock dude. Um, and that's where we pick up, directly where we ended. So they're like clumsily trying to get the, the piece out of the gazebo, like with the corpse still inside, which I think is like maybe you cut it open first and remove him. Right, like I, like I'm, I don't, I don't work in that industry, but it mm-hmm. just seems like there's a better way to do this. No. Okay, yeah, I'm wrong. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Did, maybe if it was a like a, you know, a rook or like a knight. <laughs> but all but, pawns, uh, pawns, yeah, you just gotta pawn, go. You gotta <clears throat> go. No, there's no. You can't cut. How would you cut? Yeah, I get. Maybe you don't know how to cut it. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah, it's hard to cut a. It was a lot of. It was a lot of newspaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. paper mache. Paper mache, yeah. That stuff gets heavy. Um, so they're interviewing. They're interviewing. So we find out a little bit of a backstory about um, this guy's name was Rusty, and they're interviewing the roadie for Rusty was a musician, 
And he's like, oh, man, Rusty. Um, so apparently Wyndham lured Rusty with beer when their their van broke down, um, which is like such a stereotype that a musician would just be like, yeah, cool, beer. Um, and that, you know, they were going to move to L.A., which is also another stereotype. Um, Andy's just like weeping, of course. And, uh, and Cooper notes that Wyndham... And this is kind of, he's not playing chess anymore. He's just killing people. You know, this wasn't like a movie yeah. he could even make. <clears throat> um, it's a kind of a, it's a, it's kind of comical with the roadie and this, this dude's story. Although it's not, it's very sad, right? This guy, you know dead. who plays the roadie though. Okay. Tell me who you think it is. Cause I don't think it is who you think it is. The guy from out cold. I don't think that's who it is. All right. I'm looking it up. Go I, ahead. Think, I, I thought it too. And then by the end of the scene, I was like, Nah, it's not him. So I didn't That's even look fine. it up. Keep, keep going. I'm looking it up. I'm curious to know if it actually is, though. Um, so that's what's happening at the gazebo at the lake that is not in Southern California at all. <laughs> at, back at the at the sheriff's station, uh, Lucy tells them that Hawk is in the the room with she says someone she's never seen before who looks very sad so he's feeding him breakfast what <laughs> this is never explained from what i can tell and it's very very strange exposition um i don't know it's a strange expedition um why is Sorry. Hawk feeding someone bre- i don't know i don't know let's move on um lucy Dude, you- what? Sorry. What? You Tell need me. to see what Pigpen looks like now. <laughs> he's dashing. Wait, he was dashing back then too. No, he's like, I might, I might switch teams. Dashing. <laughs> okay, keep going. Okay, let's keep going. Uh, Lucy tells Andy that she's decided that she's not going to wait for a paternity test. She's going to be the master of her own fate. She's going to choose the father of her, of her child kind of based on merit. So yeah. um, she's decided she's going to enter the Miss Twin Peaks contest because I guess it's good for the plot, but also because she needs money um, and she wants help with her speech. So Andy is going to give her tips on saving the environment. Uh, so like I've said repeatedly, Lana has a great chance at winning this thing. Um, over at the Great Northern, by the way, did you find out if it's the, same, the guy from Mount Cold? Yes, it is the guy from Mount Cold. Dang it. Is it really? Yeah. yeah What's his he played, name? He's listed as Heavy Metal Roadie. <laughs> That's got to uh, be him. It is him. Uh, his name is Willie Garson. Okay, there you go. He's in some other stuff, right? He's in... Oh, well, why is he not doing it? Dude, he's in a lot. Yeah. Um, Willie, Willie Garson. He's in 156 things. Oh, wow. Let's not go through yeah. all those. Okay. <clears throat> Um, no, let's do it. He's in Groundhog Day. <laughs> what is he? In oh, that's Groundhog right. Day? He's in. He's he's the assistant when they're in the thing when they're in the newsroom at the very beginning. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Wow. Being John Malkovich, wow, he's doing a lot. <clears throat> Sorry, bless you, the great Willie Garson. He's the in great Twi- Willie Garson. He's in Twin Peaks to round out that resume. There it uh, is. Okay, at the Great Northern, uh, J Dubs is looking for Audrey. And that's going to be a big thing in this episode. Like, he's trying to find her. She's trying to find him. Will they ever find each other? I don't know. 
real Sam and Diane situation. It, it's yeah, it's really starts to get obnoxious towards the end. Um, which is kind of like, I actually really, really love this episode, and I think this is like the best episode in a long time. But it's one little thing that kind of bugs me. Um, in Ben's office, because apparently Ben can't be bothered to go to the doctor's office. Doc Hayward is examining Ben Horn. Um, Richard, Richard Beamer, like, put a shirt on, dude. No. Um, yes. Doc wants him to stop. I guess it makes sense because we've never seen Doc Hayward's office. Like, the, all the dude does is make house calls. Um, <clears throat> Doc wants him to stop kind of stirring things up, messing with his life, with his daughter, with his wife. Ben is refusing because Ben is on the war path of like trying to make good or for whatever reason. Doesn't matter what pain he causes now. Um, Doc Hayward just needs to put his foot down, man. Like I get tired of seeing him just be like, okay. And he walks off. Twist um, and nip. I mean, it's right there. It's just right there. Just get both yeah. of them. Get both of them. The guy, you know, what's he going to do? Tap dance all over you? You got this, Doc. Easy, easy. And hey. don't step out of line. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, so, J-Dubs shows up and he tells Ben that someone, a friend of his has just been murdered. So, he has to leave. And I wrote, was it Rusty? <laughs> Wait, who's Rusty? <laughs> the punk rocker. Oh, <laughs> Oh, that'd be great. Well, we never find out who the guy who gets killed or whatever that John Justice Wheeler has to like ditch Twin Peaks for. Wait, does Billy Zane run a record label? I, dude, I don't know. But Is that he, why he's so wealthy and I, he's got to like leave? But but was like so was Rusty like pretending to be a punk rocker? Like why would he be on the road going after free beer if he was like some big shot? Well, you know, some people and, have drinking problems. Okay, it probably wasn't rusty, but it just it was coincidence of timing. Yeah. Um, Donna is in the attic looking for her birth certificate, which dun 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 has no name where the father's name should be. Um, oh. And the plot thickens, and so does Ben Horn's mustache in the photos from way back in the day, where he's there with Ben, with uh, with Doc and I, you know, his wife Eileen, and he's like in all the photos, and like, what are they trying to tell us, Dallas? They're trying to tell us that if I ever make another stand-up record, it's going to be called Donna in the Attic. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh wait, sorry, we were thinking about two different things. Okay. Um. So Hawk, oh dude, of course, Audrey, Audrey finally shows back up the Great Northern, and Hawk is there to take her back to the station to maybe make her breakfast too, because that's just like what he's up to today. He's like, "What do you want, French toast? He scrambled eggs? <laughs> Don't do that." Um, <laughs> and and so then, of course, Billy Zane has to bail. Like, oh yeah. Um, I'm already tired of this, and it's like the first act. So Major Briggs is at the station. They're going through the Project Blue Book files where Wyndham Earl used to work. And um, I find it strange that they've employed one of the Bookhouse boys to help with this. Um, This is Cappy, who we may have seen at some point, but I don't ever remember him being named. 
Um, but this will lead us to, I think, my favorite line in Twin Peaks the whole of the whole show so far, which wow. I, di- I didn't realize until I watched this episode. Um, so Major Briggs is talking about Wyndham Merle. He was kind of like one of the best that they had, but then he started going crazy when Project Blue Book was kind of set up to monitor the skies. And when they started getting, uh, started monitoring what was happening in the woods and around Twin Peaks, he kind of went crazy and got really obsessed and would become violent. And he finds this video that shows Wyndham Earl talking about the, the Black Lodge to, I'm, we're guessing, the rest of Project Blue Book. And he's, you know, he's, you can tell he's kind of losing it. And um, he even says, oh, like, none of you believe me. Um, it's a really cool part. Like, I, I actually, one of my favorite things about this episode is I feel like it executes the character of Wyndham Earl correctly for the first time. Like mm-hmm. in the writing and the direction, he kind of yeah. becomes like the bad guy that we've you kind of want. Like he's not as there's a, there's a couple parts where he's still kind of goofy, but he's more sinister and more focused, and he's in black most of the time, which is cool. Like he looks like a bad guy. Um, yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. <clears throat> yeah, except for the cow suit. I yeah, would agree with that. It, yeah, as a horse. Uh, that's the one part that's a little like funny, but. Uh, I don't know. So, but I do love this video as like, you know, this is something from his past. Um, so Cooper watches this and he's now starting to kind of obsess with what is the relationship between this thing called the Black Lodge and the petroglyph that they found at Owl Cave that Andy drew and is on the chalkboard. Um, so... <laughs> Windermere is talking about Black Lodge, and he's talking about the spirits who inhabit it, and they're called Dugpas. And so my favorite line from Twin Peaks is when Cooper goes, Cappy, I want you to dig up everything you can about the Dugpas. And Cappy just like kind of turns around and leaves. It's like, it's so funny because the dude's name is Cappy, and he's not been in the show at all. And it seems like kind of an important thing. And Coop's just like, I'll give this to Cappy, who's wearing a leather jacket. Dude, Cappy's a good dude. What could possibly go wrong? Um, what could possibly go wrong? So he tells Cappy to go uh, get to the bottom of probably one of the most important threads in the show. And then tells Major Briggs to go get some rest. Probably should have been the other way around. Let's maybe ask Major Briggs to find out more about the Dugpas and tell Cappy to go take a nap. <laughs> but I don't work. But I don't. I don't work for the FBI. Well, you're not. You're not Jake Gyllenhaal's dad. I don't work for the FBI. Um, yeah. So Wyndham was listening this whole time, and I really wish he would have gotten a line in about really Cappy. Um, so they decide they're going to go intercept Major Briggs, who's who's. You know, he's gonna, he says he's gonna go take a walk. Um, there's a great moment where Leo, Leo's trying to like do something, right? He's just so kind of under Wyndham's thumb that he grabs the remote to the shock collar, um, which we will later get to enjoy seeing how that unfolds. Um, at the double R, there's an elderly woman eating pie. And her her hands start shaking, um, 
which is my favorite Pearl Jam song. Um, <laughs> sh- you remember that one? Elderly woman behind the counter eating pie. Okay, so <laughs> Shelly and Bobby are um, working on Shelly's speech for Miss Twin Peaks. And last time we saw Bobby, he was kind of a, you know, he was being a knob. And Shelly kissed David Lynch. And so Bobby's, you know, like he's apologizing. He says, I saw you kiss the creator of the show. And it kind of, you know, got something stirred up in me. And they kiss and it's, you know, it's a Shelby reunion. Um, how do we feel about that, Dallas, here at Dish in the Brook later? What are, what are your thoughts on, on Bobby and Shelly? On Shelby, um, on the Shelby reuniting. Well, see now, I don't, I don't know, because I didn't think that obviously the David Lynch angle was gonna play much longer. Yeah, I don't know. So dude. it's kind of like mean, he could, he probably could have made like put his foot down. Well, we don't know what's gonna happen in season three. I mean, maybe that's the whole that's arc true. of season three. They, <laughs> they are both on the cast list, so. Yeah, she was on that photo you sent me. She was. She's on the cover of uh, of of Entertainment Weekly. But so is so is Bobby, and so is David Lynch. So who knows? Um, well, I, yeah, I don't know. I, it's fine. Every once in a while, I go into liking Bobby again, and then I hate Bobby again. Sure. And this is kind of a likable likable Bobby. Yeah, right? totally. Yeah. And when she's like, "I missed you, Bobby," I'm like, "Did you?" <laughs> and she's like, "All the fun stuff we used to do," and I'm like. Like, like. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just was yeah. a little confused as to why they would want to be together. But anyway. yeah, yeah. Well, misery and stupid that's true and stupidity. Um, and Kathy Bates loves company. Mm-hmm. Okay, so at the Roadhouse, which is where they're holding um, the Miss Twin Peaks pageant. By the way, what can't the Roadhouse accommodate? <laughs> Very little. It's the courthouse. It's the pageant hall. It's a place where you can get in a bar fight with 50 people. And they all somehow can't fight you back. Yeah. 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 Whoever does their event coordinating is, needs to get a raise. Um, it's true. It's a hard job to fill a bar. They're getting ready for the pageant, and uh, Mayor Milford comes over to talk to Lana, and he's kind of giving her the good news about the judges, uh, which he lists one of them is, is Dick Tremaine, which he is a funny line about how he's, he's British or Bohemian. Um, and the plan is Lana's like, you know, I got to win. I, I have to win. And so the mayor says, Oh, we'll get you and Dick together. And, you know, and it, like I've said multiple times, I feel like, I feel like Lana's got this. I just, is this something about, <laughs> something about Mm. the way this is leading up um spoiler cooper is meeting with the i wrote the rolling stone cover girls because these are the three who were on the cover of rolling stone that summer um he is asking all of them about wendy merle if they've seen him if there's anyone who's kind of stood out he shows shelly leo's handwriting and she's freaking out about that um and basically he's just at the end of this, because none of them have any like, oh yeah, I saw this guy. I mean, they all have kind of stories about 
you know, there was this kind of weird guy, but none of them were like, oh, and he gave me his phone number. They don't have anything to lead Cooper to him. So he just kind of tells them all to be careful. He says, I want you to make sure you tell your parents where you are, which I'm like, shut, does Shelly have parents? And she doesn't say anything. I don't know if Shelly has parents. Maybe they're the Dugpas. Maybe her name's Shelly Dugpa. I hope Cappy gets to the bottom of that. <laughs> yeah, what are they He's like? Cappy, go figure out the Dugpas. He's like, oh, you mean Shelly's parents? <laughs> what if you said that? That could have been a thing. Wherefore art thou, Cappy? <laughs> um, it's so good. Okay, so uh, Wyndham is oh, but he, he basically at the end of it, he just warns everyone to be all the girls to be careful because they're all in danger. He's in danger. Everyone's in danger. Mm. Um, Wyndham is um is then talking about the dog puzzle. I'm guessing not Shelley's family. Um, Leo recognizes Shelley in the the cards that he had cut out their faces and um Wyndham is talking about what's going to happen to Shelly if she wins Miss Twin Peaks and Leo is upset and he's got the remote in his hand and he holds it up to Wyndham I guess thinking that you know not realizing the, how the collar works and he just starts shocking himself yeah. and it's a very like it reminds me of the scene in young Frankenstein when he lights his thumb on fire like you know he's just kind of freaking out and doesn't know why and it's really yeah. sad but kind of funny and um Wyndham is enjoying it but um yeah yeah it was kind of weird I I didn't understand why Wyndham was scared oh he's faking Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. He he's oh. he's very over the top in how much he's like, "Oh no, please." And oh, he, okay. He, yeah. <clears throat> if you yeah, if you watch it again, you can see he's like, you know, he knows he he knows the joke that's about to happen. Um All right, that makes more sense. So I feel like Audrey Audrey shows up back at the Great Northern. I maybe he's maybe John Justice Wheeler is gone, but I don't know at this point. I, I lost track of where they both are. But Audrey does show up at the Great Northern. Ben wants Audrey to enter the Miss Twin Peaks pageant so that she can be the spokesperson for the, the Save Ghostwood um, project. She doesn't want anything to do with this. She wants to find Billy Zane. We want her to find Billy Zane so that we can stop all this nonsense. Mm. There's a really weird moment where he turns around and we hear that kind of weird sound effect. Um, This episode has this kind of through line where people's hands start shaking and there's this sound effect. And we see what that has to do with kind of at the end of this episode. But this is a weird one because Ben's hand doesn't move. But he hears a sound and turns around. There's a theory that what he actually sees is Josie or some part of her. Because hmm. the next thing you you the next line is Pete saying something about Josie, Josie, I can almost see your face. And and Pete's in the next room. Um, as we know, Josie is trapped. In the Great Northern, whether it's in a doorknob or some part of the hotel. Oh, yeah. So, 
it's kind of a cool thing that's never talked about, never explained. This could be something, you know, we find out more about in the next coming season. But <clears throat> the the theory is is that Ben sees Josie, um, but it's never talked about again. So kind of a cool little moment where what would what did we just see again? This this doesn't really tie to the other things with the hands because we don't see his hand. He just turns around like something startles him. <clears throat> so, huh? Yeah, I didn't. Did even, you, I, did, I didn't you did you notice that part? No, I, well, I, I noticed it, but I I didn't read into it like that. But <clears throat> sure. that is obviously the way I should have read into it. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> sure. it makes a lot more sense now that you're saying it. Yeah. Um. Okay, so she, oh, Audrey finds out that that Billy Zane just left. She's gonna try to catch him at the airport. She asks Pete for a ride. Pete has a truck. So, <laughs> I love Pete during this whole. Yeah, he's like, yeah, this is great. This is Pete was classic built, Pete built for this this role. Um, so Coop is um, in the sheriff station studying the petroglyph. Um, they're worried that Major Briggs hasn't showed up, and so um, he sends Andy to try to Andy to try to find Briggs. Uh, Coop tells. Harry's thinking about Annie's got the butterflies. He's in love, blah, blah, blah. At this point, Coop's hand does the shaking thing with the sound effect. Mm -hmm. Um, This is where Major Briggs is just walking in the woods. And of course, Wintermere all dressed up as a horse where he's the like front and Leo is the butt um, comes up and shoots Wyndham with a trank gun. It is a little like you didn't have to do the horse thing, which where did you, did you just have that? Yeah, well, paper mache. Um, I don't think it's paper mache. That would have been like some yeah. serious like sewing. I don't know. Yeah, it didn't. I mean, part of it was like when they, you know, like it cuts to the horse coming up to him, and I'm like, oh, this is like a very Lynch thing to do. Yeah. And I thought maybe it was like a vision or something like that, you know. <clears throat> yeah. And I was like, really, do I have to put up with whatever this vision is? And then, uh, and then it was him, and then it kind of made me even more upset because it like reminded me of like something that would happen in like, I don't know, like Airwolf or something, like sure. some crappy villain. Airwolf. Um, it's not my, it's not the like my least favorite thing ever, but, but it is well, over no. the top. It's almost just setting up the joke of calling Leo the horse's ass because he says yeah. Leo looks like you found your calling. It's like the only reason why they set this whole joke up was for that. Um, anyway, major Briggs get, gets tranked. Um, so then there's a cut to just for like a split second, Billy Zane's plane's about to take off. Of course it is. Um, at the double R, this is an interesting little scene where Coop's talking to Annie and, it's this really kind of unnerving thing where it starts kind of on them and then slowly just backs up. Oh, see, yeah. Like, I absolutely loved this shot. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really liked it. I did, too. I did, too. So what you have going on is they're kind of flirting, but it kind of is all very uneasy to watch because you're expecting to see that someone else is kind of watching at the end of this. Yeah, but instead of that, what we get is this, where Annie knocks <clears throat> all the plates off, and we see this kind of slow motion. It's either 
coffee or syrup kind of dripping in slow-mo. Um, and it's a really cool kind of like getting back to what the, some of the stuff I liked about the show to begin with. I think overall this episode has a lot of those elements. Yeah. This um, episode was good. I, yeah. I, but yeah, that shot was really cool. Cause I just like, yeah, to, for all the same reasons. Cause like, what's going to happen. And there's yeah. another shot that comes up that I had the same like anticipation on. Cool. Cool. Um, <laughs> but we don't see anyone. That's what's kind of cool is like, they don't hammer at home where you see Wyndham looking through the glass and f- pretty much we can be sure that he isn't there because we know he's with Major Briggs. Um, but it is just one of those kind of, it's a cool way to shoot that scene. Um, so at the airfield, Pete like almost clips the plane and, uh, but they stop Billy Zane from leaving the show <laughs> and he gets out of the plane and Audrey gets out of the truck and she says, I love you. And it's like, really? It's been like three days. Mm. Um, and then she just volunteers. I'm a virgin. I want, she says, I want you to make love with me. Um, and he says now here. And she goes, it's your jet, which by the way, Dallas is our new catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> It's your jet. Hey, dish in the percolator. It's your jet. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start using that all the time. That I'm and, fine with it. That and Cappy, I want you to find out everything you can about the Dugpas. Um, <laughs> so he's just like, well, yeah, I guess it is my jet. Here we go. And then I guess Pete will just wait there, we guess. like, Yeah. Does, does J-Dubs have a book or something on that plane? You know? Maybe yeah, like, Pete doesn't need a maybe, book. Maybe like a sandwich. Like, here you go, Pete. Pete's like, mind is all that Pete needs. Give, give me like, you know, this is, give me an hour, give or take 58 minutes, you know? <laughs> and then, uh, of course, Pete's... It's your jet. It's your jet. Pete's hand starts shaking. So, um, this is this phenomenon is happening with many, many people in Twin Peaks. Um Winnemerle is shooting darts. I think they're just regular darts at, at Major Briggs uh, while asking him questions. Briggs isn't giving up any information. And um, so he hits him, hits him with the truth serum, which like Winnemerle just has like horse costumes and truth serum and like computers. And the truth serum part made more sense than the horse costume, but... I mean, how did he get all of this stuff into that cabin? Like, he must have had, like, a big truck or something. Yeah, I think just... We do this new thing called Amazon Fresh, (laughs) and I think it's something like that. Do you really do Amazon Fresh? Unfortunately. I like... I I do Amazon Fresh, too. I like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Why not? Because I like going to the store. Oh, I never want to go to the store again, ever. Oh, I like going to the store. I like going to the store, talking to people. Do you like going to the store with your daughter? I love it. Ugh. She's awesome. Everybody, she talks to everybody and they talk to her and she helps unload the cart. It's great. Yeah, yeah dude, I don't know. I'm just trying to teach her how to be a human. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. wife is like, nope, just get it all off the internet. She's smart. No, no. Yeah, she is. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But plus, it, I burned my hand on the dry ice they put in that stupid bag. That is user error. Um, no, they. I opened. Forget it. Keep going, buddy. I got a. I got a delivery coming between three a.m. and six a.m. I love it. They show up when I'm not even awake. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, I t- I said this earlier, but I think this is to me the best we've had of Wyndham Earl. Um, yeah. And this scene's great, too. So he then, once Wyndham has, has been pumped with the truth serum, which I guess is an instant thing, it just, like, hits him really quick, <clears throat> asks him what he fear the most, what he fears the most. Wyndham Earl, or uh, Major Briggs gives a great answer, that the possibility that love is not enough, um, which, is, which is a great Major Briggs line. Um, but he asks him about where he saw the petroglyph. He says he saw it in his dreams. He talks about the night he was abducted. Um, Wyndham wants to know what the signs mean. Uh, and Briggs tells him that there's a time where if Jupiter and Saturn meet, they will receive you. Um, and then he starts talking gibberish. But what I found out, I actually didn't know this is he's saying backwards, um, that gum you like is going to come back in style. Um, really, which is interesting in that. Um, Wyndham shuts him down and just goes, "Oh, you're done." But Briggs mm-hmm. may have had more to say, but we'll mm. never, <clears throat> we'll never know. Um, so Catherine and that darn puzzle box is still part of the show. Um, so <laughs> and Andrew gives his his hand trying to open it. And they're trying combinations, which it's a little clumsy. Like I don't know what is on the box, but yeah, they're trying. I, they're trying birthdays, and it's like, what is? How? How are you trying birthdays? <clears throat> yeah, it was really frustrating. To me. How does he know? How does he know Eckert's birthday? And then it's like, so he tries the day the gift arrived, which it's like. How does he know that? Why didn't they do Josie's birthday if it was going to be one of the birthdays? Like, wouldn't but that? How have did made... you? How could you tell what the birthdays were? I don't know, dude. I don't know. Um, that was really, really annoying. But when he tries the day the gift arrives, uh, it opens, and then he smashes whatever they open, and then inside is a little tiny steel box that, from what we can see, has no way of opening either. So, oh, which means this plot will continue to live on. Um, you know what I think it is? What do you think it is? A Winton Marce- <laughs> Marcellus's soul. <laughs> no, no, no. Not Witten Marsalis. What's his name? Oh, what's his name? You're th- that was the guy who played music on the on Jay Leno. Yeah, that was uh, <clears throat> Winston Marsalis. No. What's the guy's name it's from? It's Wallace. Ving Rhames. Wallace. My Mrs. Wallace. Mrs. Wallace. That was that was her name. What was his first name? Oh man. I'll but I, Keep going. I know what you're saying. I know. I get. I get the joke. Um, Marcellus Wallace. Marcellus Wallace. Yeah. Okay. Yes. It could be. Um, that could be where Quentin Tarantino got all of his ideas from. His Twin Peaks. At the Roadhouse, Cooper and Annie earlier in that scene that was really uncomfortably shot talked about going on a date. She suggests they go bowling. Cooper's sways her into going dancing so they're there to go dancing which i guess they're having like dancing while they're setting up the pageant <clears throat> and he's very shy she doesn't want to dance cooper finally gets her out on the dance floor but this was and- that other scene i was talking about the anticipation <clears throat> yeah because they kept like shooting it across the floor at cooper 
Yes. And it was almost like silent. Yeah. He was like trying to get her to come over. And it's one of those things where it's like, oh, oh like a car is going to run him over. Like something weird's <laughs> going to happen. You know? And something weird does happen. So, but just not then. But anyways, it was still another like really good shot. Yeah. To me. Yeah, I agree. They're dancing. He finally gets her to dance. And then the mayor's up there testing the microphone, which is always a good time because it never seems to work <clears throat> for him. And this is when Annie tells Cooper that she's decided she's going to enter the Twin Peaks contest. And when Cooper says the words, you're the queen, a spotlight hits Cooper in the face. And when he looks at the mayor, the mayor is gone. It's been replaced by the giant. There's a spotlight on the giant and his waving his hands in slow motion saying no. Mm -hmm. Um, We cut to Pete. Waiting in his truck. Pete has gone to sleep. This took they took their time. Like I hope there was some cuddling. Billy well, Zane. B- Billy Zane is known as the Phantom. <laughs> um, but, uh, Pete's definitely the right guy for this job. By the way, mm-hmm. <clears throat> totally. There could ne- there wasn't a better better character in the show to be this guy for Audrey. So he's off. He's left. He's he's you know. He's love him and leave him, Billy Zane. Um, and she's talking about how, you know, oh, he promised to take me fishing. And Pete just so happens to have some tackle in the truck. And he has a great line about there are many cures for a broken heart, but nothing quite like a trout's leap in the moonlight. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> and so they're going to go fishing. Um, back at the uh, Windermere Flute Hut, Leo is freaking out. Major Briggs is freaking out. When Merle is freaking out, he's discovered that the petroglyph, uh, it's a clock, and it's also a map. It's mm-hmm. a map <clears throat> to the Black Lodge. We cut back to the roadhouse where Cooper still is seeing the, the giant, and the giant vanishes, and the mayor is saying, there's something wrong. There's something wrong here. From here we go to all of these exterior shots that are very similar, if not the same to the shots from the season two opener, where it's like they're going through the hallway of the high school. And then there's a couple other ones. It may not be the same. I feel like the high school one's the same. Mm -hmm. And this time we're outside at the end of this, there's a circle um, with a kind of a reflective surface. And we see a hand, come out of kind of nowhere and we know quickly by the denim jacket that it's our buddy eskimo joe otherwise otherwise known as killer bob and this is probably the creepiest thing in a while it's we haven't seen bob in a while Um, yeah and he's also just the sorry it's the way it's like done yeah i don't know and he's not talking either so it's really creepy um so his hand (laughs) his hand shows up and then the rest of him shows up and then they kind of cut down to that circle with the reflective surface and we see the red curtain and we hear the, uh, I think what is the theme song for, you know, the little man when he dances. Um, and that's how this episode ends, Dallas. This was the path to the Black Lodge. Mm. We have only two more episodes to go before the seasons of Twin Peaks will be over for you until mm. season three. So what did you think of this episode? I liked it. I enjoyed it. 
Um, it, it's, it's uh, you know, you said it was going to ramp back up a little bit at the end of the season, and I think it's done that. Sure. Um, very creepy. Like, the end was super creepy for me with yeah. the hand. Yeah. Um, and I thought, like, I'm on the same page with you. I think Wyndham Earl is, like, besides the horse outfit, I think he was really... <laughs> And like not, but he was also like not gallivanting around in costumes and just doing things that don't really make any sense. Totally. Um, and maybe they will make sense. I don't know, but like you know, it just didn't. It, it doesn't fit anything that I care about. Yeah. Sure. Sure. And uh, so I think he was much more enjoyable to watch. Yeah. And um, and yeah, we had a lot of Pete, and I'm always good for that. <laughs> That's true. There's a lot of Pete in this one. Um. Yeah, there's some. There are some frustrating things about this. It's like the it, it, there's things I'll complain about, but then it's almost like it just starts working better. Like they just stop playing chess, kind of, and mm-hmm. it's like, well, that was the whole point of this. But when they do, Windermere just kind of becomes like a better character. You know what I mean? Like I like him kind of now focused on what he's trying to get at. You know, finally. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know what are you doing? What is the point? Why are you here? And we're kind of getting there with him. Um, Cooper's getting a lot of like signs, you know, this episode with like, with the plates dropping and with the giant, like kind of getting some intuition maybe. Um, Mm -hmm. So we'll see whether or not he picks up on that, but the giant waving his hands. No, it's a pretty, it's a pretty big one. Like, that's literally a big one. Yeah, I, you know, obviously, I don't know what the Giant's referring to. Well, let's, like, let's, I mean, let's go through exactly what happened. So, Annie says she's going to enter Miss Twin Peaks. Cooper says, you'll be the queen. The Giant shows up and says no. So, like... Well, no, I mean, I didn't know if it was that cut and dry. Sure. But I'm just saying that's what's happening in this episode. Mm-hmm. So, um... But yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot going on, man. This is uh but this is a great episode. Like I really feel like this is the one where we start to kind of um head towards the end. So it's interesting to note kind of from the Twin Peaks television show story of this, they canceled the show at this point and said we're going to just air the last two episodes as like a a, a special, like a movie. And so hmm. this was like the last episode that aired kind of as a, um, you know, on whatever night it was on. And then the last two, I think were aired later. I'm not sure what the span of time was between this and the next episode where they aired the next episode and then the last episode. But, um, it's funny that they aired the last two of them together because while they do kind of follow into each other, they're very different in that David Lynch directs the final one and kind of has the final say of his version of the show. Um, but we'll get into that. We still have two more episodes to go before we're done with season two. And then we obviously have to get you to watch Fire Walk with me, which is its own, its whole other, its own entity, its own beast. Um, yeah, I've heard good things about the movie. So people are people are divided. Um, oh, and some I mean, and some people came around later like it didn't get really great reviews at first and i don't want to go too much into it because you'll kind of i think you'll get why people feel the way they do about it um 
I personally love it. I know John Lorenz, our kind of co-contributor, loves it. Um, It's something you have to see before we go into season three. But um, but before that, we've got uh, episode 21 to do next. But for now, that was episode 20, and that was fun. Um, Like I said, it's it's definitely one of my favorite episodes in season two, and it kind of points us back back on the path, on the right path uh, to finish out the show. So... I'm in. Thanks, Dallas, for for dishing the percolator, man. No problem, bro. Anytime. Um, You should follow us on Twitter, uh, at PercolatorPod. You should subscribe on iTunes. We do plan on on going forward into Season 3. We are going to try to be a weekly show that that covers the new show. Um, That's the goal. So uh, just, like, you know, ride the wave. (laughs) Feel the rush. Feel the rush, ride the wave into season three with us. It's going to be a blast. Um, we only have like 40 days, so I'm stoked. Dallas, thanks again, and uh, we'll talk to you next time on Dish and the Percolator. <laughs> what is that? What's the, what is that? It's Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.